Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, macabre, New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way across the pond, in the land of the Red Dragon, is the Wall Street Journal's gold standard in ghost hunting, not platinum, unfortunately. He is Mr. Steve Parsons. Just as you said, that all of my uh, Ghostbuster minifigures fell over. How spooky yeah, is that? How spooky is that? Yeah. Good evening. And uh, so we are. We are. We, uh, what, 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 what? Hey, you know, I was actually looking on Facebook and I came across the. Uh, oh, God, I can't think of it, the name of the site. The Ghost. The England's Ghost Tours or something like that. You mean Dylan's site, Great British Yeah, Club. yeah. I forgot totally about he did that. Yeah, it keeps him out of trouble on those cold winter nights. You know, when we do have the Crypt Keeper bits, maybe we ought to have him on, and he could do, like, one of the uh, ghost locations. He could give us some little bit of skinny on it. and uh, We turn it into the Dylan Jones show. I was hoping, yeah. yeah i got, yeah. got to get a new host. This one I have is a little dry. So... Anyway, uh, but I'll tell Alan no. you said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I, yeah, I found that intriguing, and, and also I saw that your name was mentioned on the site as well. I know, I get everywhere, don't I? Mm, and you were reviewing ghost hunting equipment. I know, I do that sometimes too. Really? I just get around. Uh-huh. And uh, so this ghost hunting equipment, how do you review it? Do you just, like, go on the internet and look at it no, and say, well, that's, no. that's a piece of crap, so uh, yeah, 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 don't yeah. buy it? Well, yeah, except for the stage of going on to actually look at it. You know, if somebody says, we've got new, ah, it's just a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you know the answer to that. Um, and, and I'm sure our regular listener under, uh, knows the answer to that, too. Um, no piece of equipment is ever reviewed until it's been... Uh, I've been hands-on with it for a considerable period of time and, in many cases, dismantled the thing to see what, what makes it tick. Because you can't just dismiss something out of hand, even even though it looks, you know, a little bit crazy, a little off the wall. Right. Uh, you know, I, I guess that the aeroplane, you know, the Wright Brothers uh, invention probably looked a little crazy and off the wall to many. Um, but... You've got to give it a fair crack of the whip. Um, yeah, maybe we'll uh, talk a little bit about that at the, yeah. on the second half of the show. But what, on our first show, yeah, the airplane. Yeah, that sounds okay. a good idea. No, it's aeroplane. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, um, aero is something that comes out of uh, England. We oh, so, 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 so that band is called Earthsmith, is it? If you remember that the Americans were the one that invented the damn no, thing. So, you, uh, you know, you know no, you get over it, will you? Uh, no, so, you anyways, won't. joining us now and. And I've been getting these emails for years. Well, I don't know, for years, but for a long, long time. About you haven't these... said any of them yet. No, I don't. Uh, intriguing 
intrigued me totally. And, and I, so without further ado, I want to learn more about this. And I figured the best way to do it was have somebody who actually knows about it. So anyways, let me introduce you the Crypt Master Chucky of the Ghost Tours. Good evening. This is Crypt Master Chucky. Oh, my God. You're not going to use that voice the whole show, are you? No, God, no. <laughs> Hi, Ron. Hi, Steve. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I would I would probably slit my wrist, I'm just saying. Although he may do it now, I don't know. Uh, so Chucky, anyways... Use that voice for the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, you have been sending me these emails about the various tours that you do, which uh, are really intriguing because, like, they go to Transylvania, and uh, I saw one to Cuba, and we just, like, opened a door to Cuba, and then... Uh, England in uh, Steve's neck of the woods. So, uh, yeah. how'd you how'd you get involved with those? And, and I want to talk a little bit about the tours, what they they actually are as well. So, so how did you get involved in ghost tours to start with? Well, I, I've been in the travel business doing trips for fans, you know, theme tours since the '80s. Believe it or not, we've been doing Beatle tours since 1983 to London and Liverpool. And my two loves uh, growing up and. My passions in life is, is rock and roll, Beatles and all that, and uh, also horror stuff and paranormal and ghosts and everything spooky and everything in between. So I, the, the other trip that I always wanted to do was, was a tri trip to Transylvania, which uh, no one was doing as, as, um, as a purist for Dracula fans, vampire fans, fans of the paranormal. And so we started doing those in, uh, in 98, and it really, really, uh, it really grew. I mean, you know, we started with 20 travelers and went to over 100 travelers, and the travelers loved it so much, they said, well, can't you do other trips that we can go on? And so the next logical thing was to take them to, like, a Dracula Part Two, where we'd go to Whitby, and we'd go to all the places in England that were connected to the Dracula legend, um, and that grew to a, just a whole ghost tour in England, and that has gone on to the same people, our core travelers who want to go with us to other places. We've gone to England and Ireland and Scotland and Prague and Germany, and finally I thought, well, the, 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 the whole thing is, is uh, opening up to Cuba. Let's go there before, before us Americans ruin it and westernize yeah. it and make it, you know, the tourist uh, attraction that it no longer could be. And since it opened and we're able to do a trip there, we really try to um, extrapolate all the scary, spooky, haunted, uh, ghostly places that are uh, there. And then we've built a trip around that. Oh, wow. And is how was that uh, in dealing with the, the, the government down there? Was it was it difficult or? So we're not dealing with the government. We're dealing with um, uh, an in, an in between company that specializes in Cuba trips and is already uh. doing is already doing tours for your you know a typical layman who uh, is coming from any other part of the country who wants to just go to all the regular Cuban sightseeing things. So we've taken that itinerary and then exploded it, built in all the things that have to do with uh, Santa Rio, with all the places. Um, it's really like an old Twilight Zone episode, you know? It's, it's like the 50s stuck in time, and we're treating it like that. We're going there, um, and we're going to, you know, relive the heydays of Meyer Lansky and look, when the days when the, when the mobsters hobnobbed with the Hollywood elite, you know, the Sinatras and the Ava Gardners and Marlena Dietrich. So we're going to old theaters, and we're 
going to places that really, really reek from history and reek from uh, spirits. And we, we're building in a night experience with the day experience. I guess most of these other trips are senior citizen type events where someone goes and <laughs> goes from 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. They have dinner at 5 and then they go to sleep. You know, we're... That, that's when our trips start. We do the sightseeing from 9 to 5 or 9 to 6, and then we party the whole night, and we, we really make it special. Okay. So you're not billing these as, like, paranormal investigations, are you? Yeah, we sure are. Yeah, we bring the equipment as well. And, and a lot of the travelers, half the travelers who are going are experienced paranormal investigators or people who've gone on our other trips. So they're bringing, uh. you know, their detectors, they're bringing the stuff with them. And so everywhere we do go, I mean, you know, uh, the, uh, the bunkers, the old, um, the, there's, there's places where, um, slaves were imprisoned um so all those places just you know have such potential for that that you know those are the type of places that will you know will break out the equipment and, and do the investigations there mm -hmm. and, and how do you have to bring the equipment oh, i was gonna say do you hope to be able to bring the equipment back i mean do you not have trouble you know flying across the atlantic uh, as i've done a couple of times with ghost equipment it can cause some um interesting moments with tsa um, yeah, do you think yeah. maybe, yeah, I don't know whether Cuba's homeland security or island security um, would understand uh, an EVP detector or a ghost detector or just it, think it, that you it, were just spying? Yeah, I know, Steve, it's going to be a challenge. Um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll claim the most um, blatant of it, you know, and, and the, the people who have their pocket detectors. So many of the people, you know, have the, uh, apps for it now on their cell phones. So there's other, so many other ways to, to you know, to track it, and there's so many, uh, I don't know if it's more primitive or less primitive or, or more accurate or less accurate, but there is there is other ways to do it besides, you know, hauling the old-fashioned huge equipment around. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I used to, uh, when I went to Georgia to sign with my book agent, uh, we had to go through, it, through the things, and what I did is I took all my uh, equipment and put them in my carry-on in a plastic uh you know, separated container, and then I put that right in the tray. Uh, so I didn't, need, you know, they didn't have to x-ray it. It was there. They all saw it. So, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with it all, except on the way out when the TSA agent wanted to tell me all about her apartment and how it was haunted and everything else. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. it was fine. Yeah, I had exactly the same problem with Delta. The whole <laughs> flight really? over to New York. Yeah, the Delta uh, stewardess. Uh, insisted on telling us all about her haunted apartment in New York and even inviting us to come and do an investigation, um, even though we'd said, well, we're actually going to Boston, but hey, we could have always popped back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Everybody's I, got a ghost. Everybody does. So that's, speaking about that, how do you research the places that you go to in these tours of yours? Um, so some are, are, I mean, some are just given. As Steve would know, you know, there's endless castles and endless places in England and Ireland, Scotland, Wales. I mean, those are just intrinsically uh, already haunted, and it's very easy. I mean, there's numerous books upon it. There's, there's 
so many accounts for it. It gets a little tougher when you're going to a place like um, a Cuba or a third world country. You know, when right. you think of if you think of Haiti, you think of um, zombies and voodoo and all that. Cuba has its Santeria, so there's there's you know something very similar that as to voodoo, and there's a lot of great haunting stories that are involved with that. But you know, there's so many places in like Havana where Ernest Hemingway, um, you know, so many so many of his places are uh, reputedly haunted. Um, and what what is great about it is this is the first ever. So I mean, people who will go, you know, if, if we have you know some encounters, if we have some some good experiences. I mean, this is firsthand article stuff that you know it's relatively untapped. So um, do we know in advance? No, but you never do. I, I, my 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 uh, claim is that you know we're bringing sometimes a group of fifty people to to the Borley Rectory area, or bringing them you know to a haunted place wherever it may be. If I'm a ghost, I'm not coming out for these fifty ghost hunters. You know, I'm going to come out when there's one person who I might be able to have an encounter with, who I might be able, you know, that's how I always see it. Um, and, and, you know, when the people do have experiences or encounters on a trip, I, I, it's, it's, it's just a plus. It's just amazing. I think it's the whole experience. It's about being with uh, 30 other, 40 other travelers who are, you know, of the same mindset, who, you know, who love the stuff. On board from, on the coach from place to place, we're going to watch movies, you know, we're going to, uh, ghost movies, we're going to play trivia, we're going to do things that make it all a, a theme trip, and that, you know, if we do have encounters, phenomenal, that's the, that's the icing on the cake. But if we don't, it's still a great experience. A lot of people wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to go to Cuba, or might not go if it was just a plain Cuba trip, but the fact that there's this added um, element, this theme to it, it gives people like me who wouldn't go otherwise, you know, the incentive to do such a trip. Right, and also it gives you bragging rights too. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for someone who goes, like I went to, I get to investigate Dracula's castle. You know, did you get anything? Right. No, but I was investigating Dracula's castle, so that was like cool. I like to have some bragging rights. I mean, I've investigated Borley, so uh, so that's my bragging right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I use that as a perfect I'm example. Also, I'm also a native of nearly Liverpool, so... Oh, you know, here we go. Yeah, so... Uh, I went to school with one of the Beatles' cousins. Yeah, oh, okay. No, no kidding. <laughs> Your cousin's Seriously. A queen, too, I'm sure. No, 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 no. In my school, in my year, was uh, Paul McCartney's cousin. Uh, who's yeah. a faint, who's a, a moderately well-known British comedian? Right. Uh -huh. and, and, yeah, and you once kissed Anne Boleyn's hand. I understand all that. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't. It we wasn't say, a hand. Steve, we stay yeah. at the Adelphi, the Britannia Adelphi. Which I know it well. Be, the, the Adelphi's got some very good ghost stories to tell. Got to be one of the most haunted hotels in the world. <laughs> um, well, it's certainly got some great stories. As has the Albert Dock, where, where the Beatles' experiences. Um, yeah. And uh, I, no doubt you went up to uh, the, the area of the cavern because obviously the original cavern is now uh, lost, but there's an adjacent uh, complex. The rebuilt, that, yes. That, yeah, that's rebuilt to it. So, yeah, it's an area. I mean, I grew up in Liverpool, um, just on the outskirts of Liverpool, so it's an area I know very well and return to. How come you brag that you're Welsh? What's the story with that? I'm not Welsh, I'm English. Oh, I live in Wales now. I'm I'm English. I was born originally just across the Mersey uh, from Liverpool. I, on the I don't even know if you were born. You were probably cloned. Steve, yeah. that's actually on our on our uh, pecking list. We've got um, 
Richard Felix. I don't know if you know him. Is working on a. Oh, uh, oh we might know him. We we can only offer you our condolences. <laughs> <laughs> He's working on an itinerary for us for a Wales uh, week long haunted trip. Maybe we should defer to you on this one. Well, Richard lives in Derbyshire and I live in Wales. Go figure. <laughs> we, go to the, we go to the Derby jail every time we come over there. <laughs> of course you do. Uh, Steve and I know Richard very well. In fact, I hosted Richard over here. Uh, I worked with him on Most Haunted. Yeah, five or six years ago. And uh, wow. yeah, in fact, he was my co-host for a while before I got this clunk ahead. Small world. <laughs> yeah. Dead silence. Sad, yeah, haunted sad, world. Sad, I was going to say, sadly, not small enough to contain Richard. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So, anyways, that, that's cool. It's always always good to hear his name. But you mentioned bragging rights for Cuba. Um, you know, we, we were very fortunate because we were the first, you know, to do the Dracula tour where people get to spend the night, Halloween night, in Dracula's castle. And we were the first mm. ones to do a Frankenstein. Uh, tour where we, you know, go to Frankenstein's castle, spend three days in Germany and Darmstadt and all that, and go to all the haunted places in Germany, and then spend another three days in, uh, three, four days in Prague, which, as you know, is a beautiful but very haunted city as well. Um, Prague so, absolutely intrigues me. If I had one place on my bucket list, it would be Prague. Okay, so uh, we'll cross off Wales off that list then? Wales? Is that a, even a place? I thought it was an animal. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, Prague is absolutely ter- tremendous. It's unlike, I see, unlike our guest tonight, you're being a typical American that doesn't realize that there's a world beyond your county boundary. There's an England that compliments New England, right, uh, Rod? Absolutely. Yeah, do you know, I was, I was once in, in Alabama and got asked, uh, do, do, uh, England, is that a province of Canada and do you uh, celebrate Hanukkah? No. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, well, we apologize for our friends in Alabama. <laughs> no, they were really cool. I uh, got very, very drunk. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so uh, how, how are you tours being accepted by the locals? You know, you know, Cuba, uh, ghosts, I mean, how do they feel about it? So it's really funny because <clears throat> when we used to first do the Beatle tours, People would say, how do the Liverpudlians take to these Americans coming over? And in the beginning, it was very strange because they felt um, that they created the Beatles and Beatles had nothing to do with contributing to Liverpool, whereas now, you know, the Beatles account for 33% of Liverpool's tourism. Um, so that made a big change in, in, in you know, in the few decades. Um, how that will change when Cuba realizes that perhaps there's a tourism interest in the supernatural, I mean, we may be the start of a whole new tourism commodity. I don't know. Right now, they don't know we're coming over to do paranormal investigations and that we're coming over with, you know, fellow nuts like I am who, you know, who love all <laughs> these things ghostly. As far as they know, it's a person-to-person tour, and we're coming for the cultural, which we are in addition to what we're doing, and we're coming for the exploratory and for the educational value you of uh, right. all, uh, as as anyone would if they come to Cuba from the US at this point but the bottom line is entertainment though right totally totally yeah. uh, if if we can enter, if we can entertain and educate we've succeeded someone comes home and and you know 
checks it off the bucket list and said, wow, that was a great trip, and I made a lot of friends, that we've succeeded. What we find is that these tours uh, lead to lifelong friends because people, again, are the same spirits. They have the same kindred spirits, there, and hopefully they'll you know, find spirits as well as drink spirits. But um, you, 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 find, you get so many people who, you, who are in the same wavelength and the same mind thought and you, you just come back with so many new friends from these tours and like I mentioned earlier you know if I do a trip we bring 40 people 20 25 of them have been with me before there's a core that will go you know from trip to trip because they, they get along they love each other and, and and you know they become lifelong friends and that's the part of these trips that you really you don't think about you don't plan ahead and you really can't build that into the marketing or the promotion but it's one of the best side parts of these trips that you, you make you know lifelong friends and you stay in touch on on the facebook and you know with christmas cards and, and, and a lot you know yeah that's yeah that's that's part of it i think that's you know a kind of a breed of our own i think yeah. uh but anyways so what what does a tour include say for instance the let's take the havana tour Yep. So we fly folks either from New York or Miami. We've got two outbounds. Um, it includes their airfare. It includes their, um, it, you know, there isn't actually, I don't think there's anything it doesn't include except for souvenirs and dinners. Um, it's all inclusive. We, we transfer them. We, we make sure the visas and passports are all in place. We get them over there and we spend a, a whole week, um, seven days, six nights, uh, sightseeing, partying, visiting, uh, you know, all the places that we go to the cathedral, the, the waterfronts, the battlements, the bunkers, the cemeteries, the theaters, the, the plantations, um, you know, as I mentioned, Ernest Hemingway's places, Christopher Columbus visits, um, all, all these things are included, and we squeeze that into the whole week. We stay in hotels, and we, and really, everything's included except uh, dinner and uh, souvenirs. And, and our price, I guess, what people are jumping on it who may not even be into the paranormal, people are jumping on our trip for, because we're, we're, we're less than if you went online or if you went to your travel agent and just said, hey, I want to take a trip to Cuba, um, you're about $1,000 less than the, they're charging. So that's a good thing. Oh, wow. That's a very good thing. And yeah. how many, how many uh, people typically in a, in a group goes? I mean, is it a super large crowd or is it... No, we, crowd, uh... no, Rob, we base it on uh, a, a coach size. So we've got mm -hmm. a 42-seat luxury coach. We've got oh, okay. 30, 34 spaces taken. We have eight spaces left. It's based on that. You know, in the days when we were, you know, packing 100 people into Transylvania or to Liverpool, we would do two coaches. We'd have two hosts. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, so that's what it's based on. That's the number of how many people fit. Okay. See, when you do the Welsh trip, I, um, you're going to need two coaches. That's one for uh, your coach party and the other for Richard's ego. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I feel, I feel I ought to do the rest of the show in my best Scouse accent, like, and uh, sound like Ringo, because that's the accent I used to use when I was growing up. So you sounded um, so posh in the beginning, and now it's become, become, it's become it's Mersey Scouse. It's all radio. <laughs> No, I mean I grew up. I grew up near near that Liverpool oh, lake. Shoot. Where shoot. Bebbington, Dingle, where were you? Bebbington. That's where I was born. Really? I called it. I really called Bebbington. You did. You said the town of my birth. Must be psychic. Must be psychic. Wow. That's 
see, now that's the scariest part of this program. I just guessed his birthplace. You did? I um, never even heard of it, so don't feel bad. I, I have dear friends from there. Oh, there you go. I don't even know them. <laughs> what? It's only a small place. No, about about the size Anyways. of about the size of Sharon Mass. Is that near you, uh, Ron? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know Sharon. It's not near me, but it's it's there. I know where it is. Try to get so, the local <laughs> local place in Massachusetts. So he's been, uh, he's been run out in many towns. There you go. Uh, so on these tours, what, what type of experiment uh, experiences have people had? Well, they've had experiments too, but experiences. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll I'll tell you the best 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 one um, was not on one of the ghost tours. was was on a Dracula tour. We went to Transylvania. Um, as we as we do on on all the Dracula tours, but we go to Bucharest first, and we spend the first and last days in Bucharest, which is the capital, of course. And um, we stayed at a place called the Labada, and Labada was originally uh, a convent and an insane asylum, and was transformed into one of these luxurious resort hotels um, with a moat around it and a beautiful lake and all this, and. Um, we were told when we checked in, just please don't go to, to the basement. We can explore the grounds, whatever. And, of course, that's all we needed to hear because, you know, if we can't go to a basement for whatever reason, that we want to go to the basement. And we all did, and that was no big deal. But there was one couple who went um, where everyone had gone to sleep and all this, and they found a door which led to a sub-basement. And this sub-basement... Uh, apparently was very uh, dingy and dark and corroded, and you know, they weren't going to walk very far, but they saw a, a blinking, flickering light halfway down, and they walked towards the light, and then uh, a uniformed guard came towards them, at which point they did an about-face, left the sub-basement, you know, and told us about it the next day as we were checking out of the hotel. And... Uh, our um, tour guide, Radu, who spoke Romanian, is, you know, telling this to the front desk people who are absolutely turning white and they are frigid with, and they couldn't believe that the people got down there because it's locked, it's padlocked, there's no way to get down there. Oh, and wow. um, it wasn't just a security guard there, it was a soldier from about 300 years prior who. Uh, definitely is a ghost that spooks the whole resort, and has and is hasn't been hadn't been seen for months prior because they locked it up and they made sure that no one had access to this, and nobody knows how that sub basement was open. Nobody knows how these this couple got down there, and when they were there, they had no idea that it was even uh, a haunted apparition they were seeing. They thought it was a security guard coming at them. And when they described how he was dressed, the, the front desk people just, you know, just froze in fear because that is exactly what the, the place is haunted by. So that was our best story. It's one of the ones where I said, you know, when you're an entire group and you, and you go visit, you know, a haunted castle or a haunted place, the chances of having a real encounter are so, so slim. But when you don't expect it and you don't know that it's there and it hits you like that, it's, that that's a wow. So that's one of the best ones on the trip. If you go to our ghost uh, 
ghosttour.com website, and we spell ghost tour as one word, G-H-O-S-T-O-U-R. There's a picture right on our front page, and this was taken just, you know, Charles, randomly. Charles, we're going to have to hold right now because we have to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to have you on for a few more minutes, and then we're going to sure, have to sure, say goodbye. Sure, sure, sorry, again. go ahead. Okay, so you're listening yeah. to Ghost Chronicles, and we'll hear all about this picture when we come back. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Pass and Ron Kolick right here on Tochinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Astronet, and whoever the hell else we are. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. find as well and um, you're in good rude health joining us back to part two of ghost chronicles international and our guest tonight is the ceo and um, of ghostsource.com the crypt keeper chucky lol <laughs> sorry ron <laughs> which oh, is chucky what i've got <laughs> which is what i've got written down uh from wow, ron. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ch- crypt keeper chucky lol Sorry, sorry, Charles. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, just re- I just read what Ron puts up in front of Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lucky good read. Uh, so just before the break, you were about Call to... English. Yeah, I know. Uh, you were about to reveal something about a, a picture. So do you want to do that now? Give us a little back- backlash again and then tell us what we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, part of every tour we do is visiting... Uh, cemeteries and old graveyards, you know, and, and seeing how far back the stones go and see if we get any readings at, at them. And then uh, we went to one on one of the Dracula tours back in uh, 2002, and there was a picture taken at a, a cemetery, 
uh, I think it was in Brashov or um, Sigisor. I'm really not sure where it was taken. And everyone took pictures, no big deal. But when the folks got home, they had to send me a copy of it. If you go to ghosttour.com, the only thing is we've ruined the picture by putting graphics over it and tombstones, which are you know our clicks to the itinerary and the tour reports and testimonials and all that. But if you look at the photo itself, there's two or three uh, just figures that are coming out, uh, the ghostly figures, and it's an amazing photo that we've unfortunately ruined by by adding our you know marketing to it. But um, it, it's things like that that just make the the trips just all that more special when you don't expect you know to take a photo and it comes out. You're just taking a photo of just of just tombstones, and then you're also getting you know figures coming out of them. It's really it's really cool. That makes it makes all the difference. Yeah, I think that's great. And it was so, a good way to, to th- and it was a great way to throw in a plug for my website ghosttour.com, right? I know. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent, actually. We'll we'll uh put that on our Facebook page anyways, the international page. Uh so, anyway, um when when people go to these uh tours, do, do you give them like a uh uh an I know you must have an itinerary, but do you tell them, you know, what to bring? Yeah, so it's a great question. Uh, if, they're, if they're paranormal investigators, we obviously ask them to bring whatever equipment they can. Uh, we give them an itinerary when we have to. So many times, if they've been repeat travelers, we don't want to. I mean, we want to make it a mystery. We want to surprise them with each stop oh, okay. that we go to. But nowadays, you know, with, with the Internet and everyone kind of knows our itinerary already, uh, it's harder and harder to do that. Also, people have family and friends back home. They want them to know where they are at all times times so we're pretty you know we're pretty precise with the itineraries but the thing we also ask them to do is bring a costume or makeup or a wig or mask because the last night of every trip we do no matter where it is whether it's Cuba, whether it's England, whether it's Transylvania, we have our uh, grand finale masquerade ball, uh, monster bash, whatever you want to call it. It's pretty much a costume uh, bazaar. It's Halloween night, uh, no matter what day of the week or what, what place we're at. And, and that's I think, also makes our trips different than any other trip. And it's just amazing what the people come up with as far as costumes and makeup and all. You, you'd think it was Hollywood movie quality. And, and, you know, some of the people just go, all elaborate and exorbitant and go crazy. Others will just throw on, you know, one of those um, simple masquerade glass masks. But anything they do, it just it adds to the whole event. And then I guess that that's the other element that makes our trips a little different. That's just part of all the things we do is, is that final night masquerade ball. You know, it's so I, funny, you're rich. definite stereotyping here of Americans as far as we Brits are concerned because every oh, time I've been over to America – I've noticed that there seems to be a weird obsession with dressing up. Now, this, I mean, through through Spirit oh, Quest, which is Ron's, which Ron's event, and also, you know, my, my visits to, uh, to Salem around Halloween, everybody dresses up. <laughs> it seems to be a, pre- uh, a preoccupation. And Andrew, Andrew Taylor doesn't. Your point? Well, I mean, isn't that cool? He's an mean... exception, but, but, you know, if you look at any picture of Ron um, on social media taken over the last 500 years, uh, you'll see him in costume. That's good. I, I approve. I was we, just going to tell you before I was so rudely interrupted, but my that, pleasure. Uh, 
<laughs> that that I like to because that's exactly what we do kind of with some of the events we do, especially Spirit Quest. The, the, instead of closing it, though, we open it with it. We have a, a dinner or dining with the dead, and then we usually uh, have uh, a, it's all costumed at the dinner. And, and uh, so that we, we, we do the same thing. And, and yes, it's a lot of fun. It adds a little bit more to it. And, and people love that. They, they absolutely adore it. Steve, he persuaded me last year to dress up. Mm. There's an element of, you know, coming out of your shell and being a little more, I don't know, you know, there's a, the, you can party it just a hair more when you're not yourself, when you're in a different persona, uh, you know, you can take it to the next level of enjoyment, I think. Mm-hmm. Ronnie's giving away all your secrets there. <laughs> yes, fine. I always thought you had an alter ego. Great minds running the same gutter. Mm. Anyway. Uh, we, so, we do a we do a haunted house, you know, here in Connecticut. Um, a, a typical haunted attraction that we open for Halloween. We're open six weekends, and if you went to FrightHaven.com, you would see me in. Let's see how many weekends are there? Six, six weekends. We're open four nights a week, so about twenty different uh, makeups or costume changes for for a different night, different themes and different, the scarier as the nights go. I, I love it. I, I, I think there's nothing more fun than dressing up and scaring people or dressing up and being part of a party. It's just dressing up and being somebody else. I love yeah. it. And uh, so anyways, even, even when we do the, the uh, video broadcast of our radio show, we do it once a month. Uh, and my co-host of Next Generation show, uh, and I dress up, uh, well, I'd probably say at least 50% of the time, depending on the theme of the show and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you added of the time. Whatever. When you, guys told me, when you guys told me it was doing a 3 o'clock uh, interview, uh, I, and, you know, with the, the Eastern time here where I am, I had to go change. It took me 20 minutes to put on all this makeup. Hello? <laughs> Thank well, actually, yeah, I'm I'm, well it's it's early evening here in, in the UK and of course we dress for dinner so I'm sitting here wearing a rather fetching ball gown and uh, just, <laughs> just waiting for the show to finish so we can we can have dinner I would love to see you in a ball gown <laughs> <laughs> tell you next time I'm contemplating some gold spray paint and doing C-3PO I reckon I could carry that one off uh, you could you could so anyways we have to say goodbye to you Charles you wanna, uh, excuse me Chucky we have to uh <laughs> Move on, but we—it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, you certainly quenched my curiosity about the ghost tours. As I said, I've—I've I've received your emails, and I've always been intrigued by them. And I, and I said, why not have them on the show and find out what it's all about? And well, I, I'm so, so glad, glad you did. They sound like a, sound like a really blast. And uh, yes. once again, yeah. if, if somebody wanted to get uh, find out more information, they would go to where. Uh, yeah, so uh, for the Dracula Tours, it's so simple. It's DracTours.com, D-R-A-C-T-O-U-R-S.com. For the Ghost Tours, it's one word, Ghost Tour with one T, G-H-O-S-T-O-U-R.com. For the Beetle Tours, it's LiverpoolTours.com, and they can always call for all the, all any anything from anywhere in the world at any time of day or night, uh, 203-7954. Four seven three seven, and they'll either get the crypt master or the or the dungeon master. They'll get someone here who will answer any questions, and we'd love for anyone to come travel with us. They the they guarantee to have a great time. And can I just say good luck with Richard Felix? I will I will, I will tell him you said that. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. Pass on pass on my regards. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Mine too as well. 
gentlemen. Thank so, you. Th- it's been a pleasure. I, I love I love this uh, segment. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, and uh, good luck, and uh, hopefully we'll meet you someday. We hope so. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah, bye. So, anyways, that was intriguing. That must be the first person we've ever met that Richard doesn't owe money to as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Richard. You are so bad. You Sorry, are bad. Richard. Well, he never phones me. He always says he's going to phone. He never does, so revenge. You know, Richard, he's kind of scatterbrained. I know, but it's a bit... It, I just bide my time, I love Richard. You know how much I how, how it's fond a good of night. You know how fond of him I am. Yeah. So, anyways, that was that was interesting. I mean, I always wanted to know about, like I said, so that, that yeah, they sound really exciting tours. I, I've not, been not on, that so... Well, I've been yeah. on their aviation equivalents, uh, where you know groups of British aviation enthusiasts go to the states and then tour around and do stuff. And, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I had a really really good time. Um, but being British, of course, uh, the people you met on the tour, when you get back home, you leave them. You know, none of this. Uh, oh, you must drop buying Christmas cards. Forget we're British. We don't do that sort of stuff. Um, no. But the tours. I got a Christmas card from you. Yeah, but you weren't touring on a coach. Oh, oh. But no, I mean, they are great. You've got a group of like-minded people. And I like the idea of the itinerary being somewhat hidden. Um a little bit of a mystery tour and of course there are some great places i've never been to cuba um i haven't been that much into europe but of course i do know the uk and um i i'm absolutely certain that um they would be great experiences and so ghosttour.com come to britain i don't know about the liverpool one i mean I, you know, I, I spent 45 years of my life. Um, but how about that, though? He guessed the town of my birth. Now, it's such never, a small honest, town. Honest to God, I'd never even oh, heard of that. Well, uh, it's not even published anywhere on social media. So um, I, I, he did say it's because you got friends there. Uh, but um, what a coincidence that was. Um, yeah, so uh, Liverpool, I, 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 I've been on tours um, of Liverpool, a ghost club tour of Liverpool, which Anne and I had to organise last year. Um, mm-hmm. And what was really exciting, this group of people, uh, they were from the UK, one had come from India, um, and they, we had to arrange and tour them around Liverpool and the haunted attractions of Liverpool. And it was fantastic for us, Anne and I, because growing up there, we obviously knew the places, but we were looking at them in a completely different way as we were taking the tour of people on a walking tour around, um, because we were seeing it afresh through their eyes. And that was a really cool experience and very interesting experience for us both to to kind of tell the story, but at the same time, discover the story mm-hmm. and, and do the research behind the, the, the common tale so we could relate them to, to the visitors. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's the way to go. Maybe you should go on one of his tours. Richard's organizing one to Wales. Yeah, there you go. I, I can't figure that. Why is Richard like organizing a tour to Wales? I have no idea. I live here as well. That's very I have no idea. I think I'll organize one to Derbyshire. A good idea! <laughs> that, would, that would seem like uh, uh, get my own back on them. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So early in the... Go ahead. Yeah, go on. Earlier in the show, we were talking a little bit about um, you reviewing equipment. Mm. And, I mean, you you get to see a lot of equipment, and and you brought some odd pieces over here, like the... EMF not, not, not as yeah, not as odd as yeah. They were spectacular, weren't they? 
just 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 for those who uh, who weren't at Spirit Quest last year or aren't members of Ron's team and may not have subsequently seen them, I was given a pair of um, a piece of equipment to test a paranormal new piece of paranormal equipment um, that somebody cooked up, and it was essentially a pair of. Well, let me explain the concept behind them first. Um, the idea was to prevent stray electromagnetic fields interfering with the eyes. These were, in effect, a Faraday cage for your eyes. So they were, in the, uh, they were a cheap pair of rubber uh, safety glasses where the polycarbonate lens had been taken out and replaced by a steel mesh that, you, uh, that had been spray-painted black. Now, I understand that you can actually buy these for paintballing and airsoft. Uh, so obviously somebody's been um, incredi- incredibly um, inventive. Mm-hmm. But I was so taken by by the way that the the person had put together this idea that by by sticking a wire mesh over your eyes, you were preventing electromagnetic fields from reaching the eyes and interfering with the vision systems and leading you to have hallucinations, thereby meaning that anything you saw through this uh, wire mesh screen was a genuine apparition and not an electromagnetically induced hallucination. That's amazing. You couldn't make this up, could you? I nearly swore. And that. Not only that, you, you, <laughs> you wouldn't get microwaves in your eyes either, so that's good. No, no, notwithstanding, you could. Uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, any hmm. physicist listening to the show, do write in and point out the obvious flaws with the reasoning behind the electromagnetic shield Faraday glasses. I, I actually had a question for you about uh, Faraday cages and so forth. Yeah. Well, I built one two weeks ago actually for another job, but go ahead. Oh, you did. Okay. And uh, well, what was the, what was the one? What was the one you built? What was it like? Uh, well, the current one is the the most improved one because it's a a, a completely sealed box. Uh, it, obviously, the um, it opens so you can access it. Put inside a body in there to put stuff in it. No, it's made of four millimeters of lead. Um, a lead sheet cut and then folded and soldered, soldered as you Americans say, um, into um, two overlapping boxes, one of which fits inside the other, so you have a complete wraparound of a minimum of four millimetres of lead. The outside of the lead is then just, it's belt and braces, this isn't necessary, but um, the outside of the the casing, the lead sheet casing, is then um, connected to a, a, a ground cable. Um, so that it's also earthed, earth grounded. Um, now we we all know that things like uh, the very high frequency energy uh, electromagnetic energy, like X ray, uh, gamma ray, uh, won't pass through lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the hopefully not anyways after all these years. Well, four millimeters will shield most most things, but um, but also because it's a metal and it's grounded, you also stop the lower frequency electromagnetic fields. The idea we were, we were using it for was to test a, uh, an experiment that's happening later this year, whether in fact spirits can interact with electromagnetic, well, with electric devices such mm-hmm. as um, EMF meters. K, yeah, such as EMF meters, the K2 being exactly one of them. Um, and so the item will be sealed in the box and the spirit will be invited to um, to interact with it because hopefully spirit energy should be able to pass through all these barriers of lead. And well, I, I know I can prove this for, for a fact that they can because all you have to do is put the ghost meter pro in there and I, I guarantee you'll get interaction. 
Well, I guarantee you, we, we both know that that has a timer chip in it. <laughs> and we'll run entirely independently, whether it's at the bottom of the Mariana's Trench or in a four millimetre lead box or indeed in your ghost kit. Um, what, we're, what we're using actually is a Geiger counter um, for the experiment. A real because. Because a Geiger counter measures radioactive decay, and radioactive decay is recognized by physics as being the only truly random event in nature. Um, so you have in, um, the, the measurements from the, uh, the Geiger counter pinging these clicks and, uh, from the Geiger counter are entirely ra are, are random, uh, absolutely random. And so what we're looking for is can the spirits impose some form of order um, onto the, uh, the, the random clicks of the Geiger counter. Interesting. Uh, I had a question which which I brought up and why I brought the subject after is when you came over here, it was two years ago, I think, we went to, uh, or maybe three years, when we went to Hammond Castle. Do you remember that? That was the first year. It was four years ago. Was it four years ago? Four years ago, yeah. That was a fun trip, yeah. Other, I love other, other than, other because, than, yeah. Because Hammond yeah. built a Faraday cage, didn't it? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Now, it, it, what I understand from his Faraday cage is they actually put electric current through it. And that uh, didn't make sense well, to me because it, you supposedly you could see the burn marks on the ground, remember? Well, you could see the burn marks on the ground. And the, the guide was telling us that Hammond had electrically charged his Faraday cage. Of course, there's no necessity for that because mm -hmm. um, the charge dissipates over the outer skin of the metal. Right. Uh, and, and will run to ground. Uh, the idea of charging it um, up, I, I don't know the reasoning behind that. We didn't look at any documents that, that, that gave any insight into why Hammond chose to do that. Um, I was just curious. I mean, there, there are many. Oh, what, they, what your thoughts were on it, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I can kind of empathize with Hammond because, you know, the mm -hmm. desire to, to um, put huge amounts of electricity through psychics and mediums, I, I understand the temptation. Um, but for what, those who don't know, he he would have a medium sit inside the cage and then would charge it up. If I just put the electricity through the medium and be done with it. Yeah, the well, cage. skip the middleman. I understand yeah. that. Yeah, you get more, you get better responses. So the the <laughs> medium must have been somehow insulated from the from the ground. Then, well, it, it it matters not because like when you're in a vehicle or an airplane when it, when it's struck by uh, lightning, um, providing you're on the inside of the of the object. Uh, the electricity will always flow around the external surface. Well, but if it's discharging into the, the floor, as it appears, appears to be because of the burn marks, then the medium yeah. had to be insulated or else... Exactly, the medium. Well, I mean, a simple pair of rubber or felt sole shoes would, would act as an insulator. Even um, you know, a thin sheet of paper would act as an effective insulator. Um, at, at depending on the voltage. Depending on voltage and current, yeah. of course. Um and, you know, if you have the medium standing there in bare feet on a damp floor, they're going to get a nasty surprise. There's no doubt about exactly. that. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to see if I can dig up some more yeah. information. Cause it it's, would be it's... cool to find out his, his rationale, raison d'etre for the experiment, mm -hmm. why he yeah, felt I... necessary yeah. to pass electric, uh, you know, high-voltage electricity through, um, through the cage frame. Well, yeah, we all know why <laughs> the medium, but why was he generating? Unless he was a, unless he was trying to get to the medium, and the Faraday cage, of course, was deflecting the the, um, the bolt. Huh? You got me on that one. Oh well, if he was aiming electricity at the medium. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Okay. However, however, um, there is some there is some 
very it's 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 very flimsy and rather anecdotal but there is some suggestion in research that increasing the number of negative ions does have a, uh, a measurable effect in, in in enhancing psi performance so uh, pk telepathy esp etc etc uh, one of the side effects of generating very high voltage uh, electric fields mm-hmm. would be um, in certain circumstances a, uh, a, a large increase in the negative ion swarm that surrounded the electric charge. So he may have been using the electric charge. Uh, I'm finding it was helpful because the negative ion um, increase was uh, working to enhance psi. I, I guess so. I'm just throwing him a lifeline here. You know, I'm just like, you know, just throwing lifelines out to the, the sort of psychics and mediums. Go in the electric eat yourselves. Uh, I'm just curious. It'll make me feel I, better. <laughs> I really, yeah, you know, I really want to do more research on it and see if I can find out what his thinking was behind it because well, I, I knew that most you know Larry cages sorry. never had electrical no, didn't. charges. What do you, you remember what era it was he was doing it? Oh. It's got to be the 1900s, right? Because around about that period in time, um, there was a there was a huge uh, increase in interest surrounding the properties of electric fields. Of course, that was the new thing, and a lot of medical devices started appearing. Started appearing that used very high voltage devices inside tubes that you inserted or brushed against your body. Um, some even used radioactive devices as well, which you held close to your body or, or, or indeed inside your body. Um, and it may simply have been uh, part of that fad for high voltages, um, which can be traced back almost to the Frankenstein legends, you know, where um, the Shelley, uh, where, where um, the monster was described as being brought to life by the electricity. Absolutely. A fact that a fact that's sort of supported by our theory of evolution, uh, whereby these these chemicals all drifting about in the primordial soup were zapped by lightning, and formed themselves into the um, the DNA strands that we you know were the building blocks of life. So there is there is some sort of science behind this idea of electricity. Um, but it was very, very fashionable in the late Victorian and Edwardian era for lots of devices um, to incorporate very high voltage discharge um, as part of their operations. And it may be that Hammond, because of his interest in that field um, and his interest in electro engineering and radio frequencies and radio control, uh, may simply have been adding that as an adjunct to his experiments. Yeah, he's known the father of remote control and mm-hmm. produced over 400 patents and 800 inventions. His uh, castle was built 1926 to 1929. So give you the range. And, and, and it's still the course, coolest place you've ever taken me to. And of course, the the defibrillator, of course, we can bring back people from to life right. using electricity right. as well. So, and and our body itself uh, produces like well as Richard Felix, as Richard says, Felix say, yep, as Richard taught us, um, you know, our body generates around two kilowatts of electricity. I mean, not in a form that you could light a, a bulb or a, uh, or an electric fire, but we generate around two kilowatts of electricity in a twenty-four hour day. Um, because we are creatures of electrochemicals. You know, all our neural systems um, work on electrochemical stimuli. Absolutely. Uh, I learned that from Richard Felix, who learned it. I know you did. I learned it from someone else. Hmm. Interesting. Can't imagine who. Me neither.
Well, there's the there's bell. That electric bell. Yeah. Well, we assume it's electric, right? We, we don't actually see it. We don't actually feel it or hear it. Oh, hear it, we do hear. That's all we have to work on our senses. Take your word for that. Anyway, so uh, anything coming up you want to mention? Uh, there is a UK, in fact, a Welsh ghostology booked for the uh, bank holiday. Bill is doing it? No. Um, it's it, it's it's a very it's one of the rare double um, events with Ghostology One and Ghostology Two, and not one but two investigations back Whoa. to back over a Saturday and a Sunday, May twenty seventh, May twenty eighth, in in South Wales, um, the the town of Caerphilly. Um And so, if you check the Ghostology Facebook page. Um, the details for that event will be uh, put up shortly, together with the very limited space booking, because half the places have already gone, and it's not even on sale yet. Wow. So anyways, I have a course, I'm in the middle of my course, Paranormal CSI, uh, three weeks uh, left in it, and uh, that's going well. Uh, also, the spring, and we haven't set the dates yet, but it looks like I'll be doing another in search of spirit, uh, it's a combination of spiritual and paranormal. Is this where you so wanted out my my garage? Yeah, it's your garage. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. you were touting no, for a location. No, we're looking Tree for something location. that has a little bit more class <laughs> than your garage. Thank you very much. You don't much. know. You've never seen my garage. You don't know how Thank classy God. it is. Thank God. Thank God. From people who have escaped from it, I've I've heard stories. We can we can put a turret on it. There you go. That's all you need. Yeah. We'll put a little bolt around it, and there you go. Yeah, it'll be a gun turret in your case. Yeah, a little bolt, a little turret, and uh, maybe a drawbridge. We could put a drawbridge. Well, we can certainly put some. Uh, yeah, we can. We certainly equip it as a small chapel. <laughs> I'm sure. Anyways, uh, so I guess that's another show down on tube. So yeah, got away with another one. Next week is episode seven of the Terror Teller of Curious Tales, seven. and and I've spoken to the teller himself. And in March, we're going to be filming, uh, I think March, we're going to be planning, possibly filming, the video special for the fall. Oh, the Teller that's right. of Curious Tales video special. Which will which be we, on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Yeah, uh, we, thought we'd throw, we, thought, we thought we'd throw that show a lifeline. But you should, because it's doing so badly. <laughs> yeah, but it's the, one, it's the only one that ever gets any promotion. That's why. Why, why, why? Anyways... I thought we were out of time, but evidently we're not, so... Are we not? (laughs) That's a shame. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Well done. Karina just said, yes, you are, and sent the symbol of a cassette tape. Deliver us, good Lord.